Thank you for checking out our sermon here at New Grace. We are excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. It is our prayer that it is a blessing to you. We just want to make you aware of a couple things before we get to the message. First, we would love to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook at New Grace BC. Also, be sure to check out our website, reachingroanoke.com. There, you can find out more about who we are and where we are going as a church. Again, thank you for checking out our sermon here at New Grace. Please let us know of any questions you may have or any way that we can help you and your family. Enjoy the message. But anyway, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, anybody in here, anybody a runner? You, you like to run? Uh, the Bible says the wicked man flees when no man pursues. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> anybody a runner? Okay. I obviously am not a runner. I mean, I don't know if you could tell that or not. Uh, but no, running is a good thing. I'm just picking on you about that. But, uh, but um, you know, we were at the hotel yesterday in Virginia Beach. And I get ready to check out and come back home. And, and looked out and there's all these people. Uh, on the on the street, and I'm like, what in the world? And they're they're running now. They they were in costumes. It was a uh, Wicked 11K or something like that. Um, it was, they were dressed up in their Halloween costumes uh, <clears throat> and stuff like that. But they were they started. My understanding is they started all the way at the south end of Virginia Beach, ran all the way to the north end up Atlantic Avenue, and then we would come back and they would run all the way back on the boardwalk. And uh, I sat there on the balcony of the hotel watching them for about a minute, and I was out of breath just watching them. And uh, so, um, but uh, that's, they, it's 11, it's 11K. Is that almost 10 miles or something like that, 9 miles, something like that? Uh, anyway, that's a long way to run, all right? I, I, if I run from here to that door back there, uh, I'm, I'm looking for an oxygen mask, okay? Uh, <laughs> that and a knee brace. Um, but... <clears throat> But these people had obviously trained for this race, and they had they had prepared. Of course, they prepared their outfits too. That was kind. Of, those were kind of interesting. Um, but uh, they they had prepared many. Um, they they were they had trained. They had prepared. They were ready for a long distance race. And uh, those of you who run, you know that if you're going to run a long race, you have to prepare. You have to train. You have to build your body strength up for that. And now, <clears throat> in many places in Scripture. Um, the Apostle Paul refers to the Christian life as a race. This is a race that we run. Uh, <clears throat> remember, Paul was uh, a, a Jewish Roman uh, citizen there, citizen of Rome. And, uh, and uh, so the sport of running was huge in Greco-Roman culture. Uh, you think of the, the Olympics there, and they, of course their stadiums, they, they love sporting events, and the, the, one of their sporting events, one of their most popular sporting events was, a, was the race. Now, they would run from one end of the stadium all the way to the other. Uh, it's almost like a 40-yard a dash, if you will, kind of like that, maybe a little bit longer than that. But then <clears throat> they had longer races where... Um, <clears throat> They would run down from one end of the stadium all the way to the other. There was a post down there. They would make a 180-degree turn around there and run all the way back, sometimes up to 24 times back and forth. That's about two and a half miles. And, uh, <clears throat> and they, would, they would train for this. And then there was the race called, <clears throat> I'm going to try this Greek word, Hopodromos. Which was the race, don't ask me to say that again because I probably can't, uh, and I'm probably not saying it right anyway. This was the race in which the runners would run wearing full war armor, about 60 to 70 pounds of extra armor that they would run. <coughs> Running was huge in their culture, and it started as a way for their soldiers to train and prepare and, and, and build endurance for, for the fight. 
And so running being huge in their culture, Paul's analogy to, in many places in the New Testament, would have been well understood by the people. It was huge in their culture. Even Okay, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, verse 24 through 27, says, Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth a prize. So run that, me, that ye may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mystery is... Is temperate in all things. Now they do it. Now they do it. Talking about the runners, do it to obtain a corruptible crown, <clears throat> but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul says runners compete for a prize. They compete for a trophy. They compete to win that best time. That that coveted. I want that. You know, I want my name to be the one that that holds the record for the. T- the quickest time and I want that medal that I get to hang around my neck or maybe the bumper sticker on my car that says I completed the 12.1 or the 26.2 did I get that right anyway um, I want that or that 5k that 10k whatever we they run for a prize and I'm not saying that's a bad thing but Paul says we run the Christian life we run the Christian race uh, to obtain far better rewards than, than, uh, than these earthly rewards. How much more should we stay in the race, the Christian race, uh, the Christian life, than those that run for an earthly prize? Then in Galatians, that's in Corinthians, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul gets onto the Galatians a little bit, and he's, he's saying, he says, uh, you did run well. He's talking about the Corinthians. You used to run well. You used to be on fire. You used to, you used to be turning the world upside down for the gospel. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And he's getting on him. He says, <clears throat> he says, you used to run well. You used to be doing great things, but you've slacked off. You're not doing what you used to do anymore. Why, why not? Who hindered you? Um, and then uh, the, near the end of Paul's life, he talks to Timothy in the book. In Second Timothy, he goes, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He says to Timothy, I've run my race all the way to the finish line. I'm at the finish line now, but I want you to continue the race. I want you to continue to your finish line. Don't let up. Don't slack off. Don't, don't go astray. Stay the course. I have finished the course. You finish the course too. <clears throat> now, now we're going to look at our text I should probably turn there too. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to start with verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto, this is important, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. <clears throat> the first word we come to there uh, in, in, the, in verse number one is wherefore. And we know that when we see the word wherefore or therefore, we need to see what it's therefore. therefore. Thank you. I'm glad somebody was <laughs> like, it was going to be really awkward if nobody said it. <laughs> but when we see wherefore or therefore, we need to see what it's there for. All right. Chapter 11. Now, if you just back up, uh, you can turn the page back if you'd like. Uh, chapter 11 is, of Hebrews is what we often 
refer to or call the, the hall of faith. It starts off with verse number one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then it goes on to list a, a bunch of people from the Old Testament, Bible heroes that we all would know their names and <clears throat> who showed great faith. In verse four, by faith, Abel. By verse five, by faith, Enoch. Verse seven, by faith, Noah. Verse eight, by faith, Abraham. By verse seven, by faith, uh, Noah, by verse 8, Abraham, verse 11, Sarah, verse 17, Abraham again, verse 20, Isaac, verse 21, Jacob, verse 22, Joseph, verse 23, Moses, verse 23, Rahab, verse, 20, verse 32, Paul mentions others like Gideon and Samson, David, uh, Samuel, and the, and the other prophets. He mentions all these great heroes of the faith, and he, says, he points to them as examples of, of people that have, that have also uh, finished their course, have run their race, and has have done, a, have done great things for God. Their faith was so great uh, that it's great examples for us uh, to, to learn from their faith. These are pioneers of our faith. But then we get to chapter 12 and Paul says, wherefore? And then he talks about the cloud of witnesses. So as we jump into this portion of scripture, let's ask and answer a few questions this morning. Uh, verse number, uh, next slide there. Uh, number one, who are the witnesses? Who are the witnesses? So I grew up thinking that because we had just finished this huge chapter of, of all these uh, heroes of the faith, that these heroes of the faith are this cloud of witnesses. All the saints who've gone before us, all of our loved ones who are now with the Lord. And, and boy, let me tell you, that's quite the motivator. Now you're getting ready to do something stupid, something you know you shouldn't do. And you think, oh man, grandma's watching me uh, from heaven. And if I do this, she's going to send somebody to smack me upside my head. <clears throat> now, um, but the truth is, I don't believe Scripture backs that theory up. I don't believe, and we had a conversation about this on the at the beach. There's there's nowhere in Scripture that points to the fact that people in heaven are watching our every move. Now, does the Lord see everything we do? Absolutely, He does. Um, but <clears throat> um, I don't know anywhere in the Bible that tells me that our loved ones are watching us from the heavenly shore, from this grand stadium in heaven. Um, but when we get to heaven, you know what we're going to want to do? We're not going to want to look back down here to see what our loved ones are doing. We're not going to want to look back down here and see the sin and, the, and, the, and the, the filthiness of this vile world. When we're in heaven, that perfect place, we're going to be in awe of Jesus. He's the one we're there. He's the, one, he's the reason why we're there. And <clears throat> we might be enamored by the gates of pearl or the streets of gold or the crystal river. And John even said... Uh, he said, not even the half has been told about the beauties and the things we're going to see in heaven. But Jesus is the only reason that we're going to be there. He's the one we're going to want to see. He's the one that we're going to want to worship for eternity. So not to burst any bubbles or hurt any feelings. But I don't believe Grandma is watching us ready to, ready to throw something at us if we do something stupid. Not, they're not watching our every move, I don't believe, <clears throat> uh, from some grand stadium in heaven. So who are the witnesses in verse 1? Uh, let's read it again. Let's read it again. This, every word is important. Keep that in mind. Verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, also, that word also literally means in addition to or likewise. He's saying likewise. Now we're talking about all these people over here, all these great heroes of the faith. And just like they had people watching them, we have people watching us. We have a cloud of witnesses around us. Now remember, think about the time in which Paul wrote these words. <clears throat> think about 
the time in which the Apostle Paul lived, Christianity was growing rapidly. It was running crazy. People were they, The Apostles and Paul were turning the world upside down for the gospel. And the religious leaders, they hated the Christians. They hated the Christian leaders. They, they wanted to, to kill them, and they did kill many of them. And they were, they were a nuisance, a threat to their very way of life. And many, many eyes were on those early Christians to see how they lived, to see how they ham, handled persecution. They were a spectacle, if you will, to the, uh, to the general population in, in Rome and around the area. So, um, uh, Paul is reminding us, uh, reminding these people in, in Hebrews here, he says uh, that they are being watched. You're being watched every minute of every day. And so are we in many cases. You know, when you put that, and I'm not trying to discourage you from doing this, but when you put that sign that says New Grace Baptist Church in your front yard, people are watching you. When you put that sign in your front yard, people are going to know that you're a member of a church. Not just a member of a church, but that you're a believer. They're going to watch you. Um, <clears throat> So when we put the I Love New Grace stickers on the back of our car, and this one has gotten me in trouble already. Uh, when we put the I Love New Grace stickers on our car, we are being watched. Uh, and uh, Stacy's laughing at me. You're looking at me smiling. Uh, hush. And, uh, but we are, we are, we're, we're being watched. And that, that comes up in my mind, you know, when, when somebody's on my, let, let me, can I talk to, can I just speak for him? Let me talk about from, from behind the pulpit here. When I'm on the road, and somebody's on my back bumper. Can I tell you? Can I tell you how many? Anyway, let me let me get back to scripture. Uh, but you know you know what my let me stand away. You know what my tendency is to do. And when they're that close to my back bumper, I just want to jam that brake pedal and just boom. You know and uh, but I don't do that anymore anymore. I have done that. Um, I've never caused an accident like that, but I wanted to. And uh, bless God, you're going to buy me a new back bumper. Uh, but no. Um, but now that I have that sticker on the back of my car, <laughs> and I want to put that, I want to brake check somebody. I remember, ah, I've got that I love new gray sticker on the back of my car. I probably shouldn't do that. But the truth, and we joke about it, but the truth is they are watching us. They do watch us with those yard signs. They do watch us with a, with a sticker on our our window. Um, <clears throat> when our neighbors know, here's, here's, here's something, here's a thought. When our neighbors know that we're Christians, but yet we stay home from church on Sunday, they're watching us. When our coworkers know that we're believers, but we still listen in or laugh or even join in their dirty conversations at the break table, they're watching us and they take note of that. <clears throat> When a crisis comes our way, they want to say they want to see how we, as believers in Christ, are going to handle it. And you know, uh, there's been several times, uh, you know, when when things were come into uh, people's lives that I know that were that were Christians, they they go through a tough time and and they 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 keep their faith. And uh, many times I've heard stories of you know people coworkers coming to uh, believers and saying, "Hey, you know what, man." My kid just got diagnosed with leukemia. Can you pray for me? They know, they're watching us, folks. They are watching us. And we should have the testimony. Um, uh, Paul says, in, in Colossians, says, I want you to walk worthy. I want you to walk worthy of the calling. I want you to walk worthy of Christ. And <clears throat> he says, you, as we as believers, we're being watched. We have witnesses around us that are watching us. And they, <clears throat> we should have the testimony for the Lord. Um, how many stories have we heard of fellow believers going through awful trials and heartbreak and they stay faithful to the Lord? And God uses their faith through that trial. <clears throat> 
to even to encourage other Christians, to encourage other believers, or even bring lost people to Christ because of their faith. Um, a man I went to high school with uh, way back in the 1990s. Uh, his name was <laughs> his name uh, was Patrick Moody. Uh, he was a, he uh, after high school he, he moved up to Lynchburg area and uh, was a was a volunteer was a no was a was a firefighter there in in uh, in. In the Lynchburg area, he was diagnosed uh, three years ago with stage four colon cancer, uh, <clears throat> and he and his wife were very open, very honest about their diagnosis and uh, what the disease was was doing and how it was progressing. And they made they they went through hills and valleys, and they, every time they made a post about what was going on in their life and and how the cancer was either in re, re, uh, remission or whether it was uh, growing. They always had the same faith. They always said, you know what? God is bigger than cancer. He can heal Patrick, but if he doesn't, we still trust him. And I cannot tell you how many scores of posts that I saw on their post, uh, reactions to their posts that said, man, your faith is inspiring to me. Your faith is a blessing to me. You are an encouragement to me. And, <clears throat> and um, you know, when the doctor told him the news that he had stage four cancer and it was terminal, Patrick said that he didn't want to know. Uh, how long they thought he had to live. He said, I don't want to know. Uh, I want to enjoy every day that I have. I want to trust the Lord for each day that I have. Uh, they chose, they both, they chose to trust the Lord and give him the glory for every day he had. Unfortunately, Patrick passed away this summer <clears throat> after three years of battling. But in those three years, like I said, I, I I've seen others, many, many posts of how, you, how man, they have been a blessing to folks. Their, their faith and their, uh, their endurance through this trial was a, was a blessing. I personally have been encouraged and convicted by the faith that they showed uh, through this disease. God used them to start a program called Brothers in Arms, which is uh, a, a local nonprofit in the area that now reaches out to other firefighters and other first responders in the area who, who have similar diagnosis, uh, would, would be faced with a devastating diagnosis. You know, after Patrick passed away, Leslie posted about a conversation he had, that's his wife, that he had, that, that she had with the doctor shortly before he passed. And he said, <clears throat> the doctor said that when he diagnosed Patrick with this cancer, he said, I believed, honestly, even though you didn't ask, I believe that Patrick only had 90 days to live. He had three months, tops. Um, even with treatment, but choosing not to give up, and choosing to give the, every day to the Lord and live to the fullest and give God the glory for every day, God gave him three years instead. And uh, she, she used that uh, in that post to give glory to the Lord and honor him. Her husband had just died. She just buried her husband. And, and young, they have young children. And, but she gave glory to the Lord, said the Lord's in control. He's, in, he's the one that we trust. And no matter what we're facing, uh, we, we trust him. You know, through those three years... <clears throat> I saw scores, like I said, of posts on their page of how their faith journey through cancer encouraged others in their own journeys. And that's what Paul is saying here. We're being watched. We're being watched by other believers. We're being watched by, by non-believers. And, and the question for, for us today is, will our life bring others closer to the Lord? Will the things we face bring others closer to the Lord? Will <clears throat> um, uh, Do the lives that we live bring others closer to the Lord? Or do they push people away from church and people away from the Lord? Uh, all right, y'all don't like this. We're moving on. We, we might, we might, you might want me to stay there uh, after what's coming next. But number one, uh, we, look, we see 
Who are the witnesses? The witnesses are the people around us. They're the people that that see our every move. Number two, what weight? What weight? Um, He says, because we, like these Bible heroes, have a cloud of witnesses, Paul says, let us lay aside... uh, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You know, when I watch the Olympic runners or, or these marathons, when I watch them competing, I don't see them any of them carrying around a lot of extra weight, they're carrying bags of weight. I see them carrying weight and maybe ankle weights at the gym when they're training. But when they're running a race, uh, they're like they're wearing the lightest possible shoes. Matt can hook you up with those. Right. Amen. All right. Good. Deal. All right. <clears throat> they're wearing the light weight shoes. Um, they're wearing clothing that is aerodynamic as possible. They know that the more weight they carry and the more um, resistance they face, the more weary they will become and the quicker they will, their, their bodies will tire out. Um, Paul says, I want you to take those weights that you're, that, that's weighing you down. I want you to lay those aside so you can run farther and run faster for the Lord. And <clears throat> Paul says, leave the baggage behind. So you have a past. So did Paul. So you've done things that you're not proud of. So did Paul. Uh, Paul was a killer of Christians. He persecuted churches and made martyrs of believers. Don't you think the devil loved to bring that up and throw it in Paul's face? Don't you think he loved to say, hey, Paul, how are you, how are you preaching for Christ? You used to kill the very people that you're preaching to. How dare you? How can you call yourself a Christian? And he loves to do the same thing to you and me. He loves to jump up on our shoulders and say, how can you call yourself a Christian when you act like that? Or when you say stuff like that? Or when you think things like that? He loves to lay that weight on our shoulder of our past sins. And uh, that's a weight that you need to lay aside when you're running for God. Whatever sins we've committed in the past, 1 John says, if we confess our sins and forsake them, He, Jesus, is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So next time you're you're feeling unworthy to serve God, understand that that's attack and that is an, an attack from Satan himself, and take him straight to 1 John one nine and said, those sins have been forgiven. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to sin, and you need to get away from. Me. Uh, re- um, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Lay aside the weight that he lays on your shoulders. Other weights. There's other weights that, that hinder us. Uh, there's the weight of past sins. There's also the weights <clears throat> of, of our earthly cares and entanglements. Um, what is it that holds you back from serving God? What is, it, what is it that holds you back from doing what we know we should do? You know, <clears throat> I've heard this. I would help in Awanas, but Sunday night, it's just my family night. It's my family time. I would join the choir, but I'd miss football. Or I'd miss my afternoon nap. I'd come to Bible study on Wednesday night, but... I'd come and pass out tracks and door hangers on Wednesday or Saturday, but... But what? But what? What is it that you're putting before serving the Lord? Say, John, you're, you're the music guy. You're not supposed to preach hard. <clears throat> I wasn't going to. I actually, actually made sure this was okay before I said it. <laughs> what is it that you're putting before serving the Lord? Now, listen, I understand that there are things that we have to do. There's other things that there's things that we have to do in life that, that, that hinder us from doing things. I understand that we have to work. We have to support our families. I understand there are health limitations and other circumstances beyond our control that don't allow us to do what maybe we once used to do or one things that we want to do. I understand that. Uh, <clears throat> but I also understand um, that there are people, some in this room, 
and I'm, I promise I'm not thinking of anybody, there are people that in this room that could and probably should be doing more for the Lord, but choose not to, mostly because of personal convenience. Lay that weight aside. Go all in for God. Do something for the Lord. Run the race for Christ. And I'm getting ahead of myself here, but Jesus died for us. He gave his very life for us. Uh, he suffered and gave his life for us, yet we struggle to live for him or serve him, except for a couple of hours on Sunday morning. And that's just for us to show up and enjoy the message or enjoy the, the singing. Uh, <clears throat> that's a weight. Paul says, lay that weight aside. Lay that weight aside and move on for God and do something for God and, and serve Him. There's all kinds of ways we can serve Him. We'll get into that later. <clears throat> so, number one, who are the witnesses? The witnesses are people around us. Number two, what's, what weights? The weights are, are the past sins that the devil likes to put on our shoulders. The weights are the other things, that, the cares and the things in this world that weigh us down, that, that take us away from serving the Lord. So, what are the besetting sins? What besetting sins? Number three, what besetting sins? The word for beset is the Greek, Greek word euperistatos. It literally means euperistatos. Literally means to prevent or to slow running. <clears throat> slow down your running. The sins of our past are weights that the devil likes to slow us down. Those are forgiven and we can lay those aside. But what about the sins that we can't confess and forsake? What about the sins that we want to hold on to? What about, what about the sins that we can't, uh, what about the ones that keep, we keep coming back to? We, no matter how much we want to confess and forsake it, we keep going back to it. The Bible says like a dog returning to vomit. What about those? Well, those are the sins uh, that are like an injured toe, like turf toe, for, for those who like football and basketball. Turf toe or a sore knee or an injury that slows us down or makes us less effective as a runner. Those sins that we keep, that, that keep coming back and they keep uh, <clears throat> hindering our relationship with the Lord, those are the besetting sins and they slow us down. You know, uh, like an injury, you know, Stacy and I, we try to go to the gym a few times a week. And <clears throat> I know I don't look like it, but we do. Um, and when, when we do, I normally uh, go up on the track. There's a walking track up there, and I like to walk the track. Or sometimes if I'm, if I'm able to even jog a little bit around the track. And, you know, the swollen knee uh, that I had earlier, the, it was very painful. I couldn't even hardly walk, let alone uh, try to jog or run. And that swollen knee uh, was a beset was besetting to my ability to exercise, um, and that's my excuse for it. No, I'm just kidding, um, but it was it was besetting to my ability to be able to do anything. Uh, and in the Christian life, this race that we're running for Christ, these things uh, there are things that hinder our ability to run for Him. It could it could be a weakness that the tempter knows about, that the devil knows about, that he likes to exploit. We all have those, don't we? You know, we, we, we think we're doing okay, and we, but there's that one area. Maybe it's a temper. Maybe it's overeating. Maybe it's uh, something online. Well, whatever it is, uh, the devil knows exactly how to attack you with it, and he knows how to tempt you with it. And uh, it could be that weakness. Uh, we know it's wrong, yet we fail over and over again. And, and then the devil likes to get up and rub that in our faces too. Or it could be our little pet sin that we kind of know it's wrong, but we do it anyway. Um, <clears throat> and whatever it is, when we have unconfessed sin in our lives, it hinders our relationship with the Lord and our effectiveness for Him. You know, I'm not calling out a list of sins this morning because chances are if you have one, He probably just pointed it out to you and that's, that's not, that, that, that's between you and the Lord. But those, those sins are, be, are the besetting sins, the weights and the besetting sins that we have to face. Confess them, forsake them, set, every, set aside every weight and every sin 
sin that hinders us from running the race. But then, run with patience. Uh, run with patience, the next, the, the next thing. Run, so realize that we have an audience. Lay aside every weight and every besetting sin, and then start running. Run. Run with patience, though. The word patience is hupomone. Hupomone is the Greek word. Hupomone means steadfastness, constancy, endurance, and perseverance. Have you ever watched a marathon or the Olympic uh, runners? Uh, Many, many people, mostly not the Olympics because they they know, but have you ever watched like a local marathon or something like that, or a local 10K? Man, that that starting starting line, maybe people bust off that line and they're running full speed and they're going to shatter the world record time and then about... (coughs) Uh, uh, a tenth of a way into the race, you see them, uh, they're, they're gassed, man. They, they don't have anything left in the tank, and they're, um, they've completely run out of steam. Many of them don't even finish the race. Uh, the, the term, and they have completely burnt out in that race. And now, the, ter- the term burnout is a term we, heard, we hear a lot in churches and Christian circles. Why? Because people, uh, you know, we've seen it. <laughs> Many times uh, in churches that I've been through, someone starts, someone starts coming to church. Man, they, they hear the gospel. Maybe they hear the gospel and get saved. Maybe they weren't saved. Maybe they're already believers, but they, re, they, uh, uh, they come back to Christ. They, 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 want to get on, they get on fire for the Lord, and they just want to do everything. They want to just join in everything, and they just do everything. And, but they get so busy, uh, and they didn't, they didn't train properly. They didn't get properly prepared, and they burn out. And... Uh, six months or a year down the road, they've backed out of every commitment, maybe even leave the church, maybe even get out of church completely. Why? Some folks have not, maybe some folks have been taken advantage of. They see somebody come in the door and they, and we as staff members, we say, hey, can you do this, 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 and this? And uh, they say, yeah, let's do it all. And then they, then they, then they get burned out. But in many cases, they're not running with endurance. And that's what we're talking about today. Their pre-race training uh, may have been inadequate. Maybe they've held on to those weights like we talked about. Maybe they just couldn't let go of those besetting sins. In any case, whatever the case is, they didn't have the perseverance that they needed to finish the race. Jesus addresses this in the parable of the sower. Uh, remember the, the seed that fell on the stony ground. Man, uh, the, I'm sorry, the shallow ground. It sprang up. Man, it sprang up really good. But then the sun comes out and beats down on it. And then it doesn't have, and it doesn't have the root system to, to sustain it. And it withers away. Uh, <clears throat> church, we have a race to run this morning. And it's not a 40-yard dash. It's not a 40-yard dash. It's a marathon. To run a long race like that takes a lot of training. Or so I'm told. Uh, if you try to run a race like that without proper training or preparation, really bad things can happen to you. You can seriously be, you, and I'm talking about a physical race, you could seriously injure your body or even die. Several years ago when we lived back in North Carolina, I worked in Raleigh, and the city of Raleigh hosted a, hosted a marathon called the Rock and Roll Marathon. And it was a huge deal. It was coming to town, and uh, it, was, it was, I mean, it was just a huge deal. I mean, people from all over the area, they came to participate in this marathon, and uh, um, it was all the news coverage was everywhere, and um, thousands of people uh, signed up to run this race. And not all, of the, unfortunately, not all of them had prepared correctly. Uh, unfortunately, two people collapsed and died from cardiac events during that race, which is why I don't run. <laughs> there was a lot of new. All, all kidding aside, there was a lot of news coverage about that about those folks that had collapsed in that race and i remember one doctor that they interviewed um 
said something to the effect that if you do not properly work your uh, train and work up your your endurance in your body up to a major up to a major long race like that, uh, even the most healthy of hearts can fail uh, during something like that uh, <clears throat> could give out. So, but in our race, our Christian race is no different than that marathon. Um, if you try to run full speed ahead without the proper training, without the proper grounding in God's word, without the proper proper stretching of your faith and preparation, you could do serious, serious damage to your spiritual health. Spend time with God on a consistent basis. Know why you're doing what you're doing. For instance, why do we take the time and spend the money for a fall festival and a, and a trunk or treat? It's so that we can meet and develop relationships with the people in our community. Those relationships turn into opportunities to show Show them God's love and even share the gospel with them. Why do we have a time set aside each week to knock doors and hang door flyers? Why? Because that way we can get the word out about our church. Not just that, but more importantly, have the opportunity to share the gospel with someone who may not have heard it before. Why do we have so many fundraisers each year to send the kids to camp? Uh, It's so our church teenagers can afford to go to camp so they can get away from the influences of this life, this busy life that we're in, so they can get saturated in God's word and make decisions that can change their future future for him. And those are just a few examples. Why do we have, why do we do whatever we do? And it's so that we can, uh, and and there's a reason for everything that we do. And and it's a spiritual reason. If we don't know why we do, if we don't have the proper motives for what we're doing, it's easy to burn out. It's easy to get tired. Um, Many times we just get wrapped up in how busy we are. Man, I'm so busy. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for uh, for whatever it is that we're doing that that you don't have time for. And how much time, oh, we've already spent so much time at church this week or this month. Or, man, I've already given so much. I've already given so so much to this or that. You know, uh, we get so wrapped up into that. Instead of seeing it as the race that God is calling us to run for him. Matthew Henry said this about the race. He said the race must be run with patience and perseverance. There will be need of patience to encounter the difficulties that lie in our way. Of, there's a need of perseverance to resist all temptations to, de, to desist or turn aside. Faith and patience are the conquering graces and therefore must always be cultivated and kept in lively exercise. So, uh, <clears throat> we, so we have an audience. They're watching us. They're watching to see what we do. They're watching to see what we don't do. They're watching to see how we handle adversity. Uh, and then you know, we need to lay aside the weights and the sins that hold us back from running. And, and, and then, you know, uh, but then we need to start running. Uh, Oh, no, then we need to build endurance. We need to train. We need to build endurance for that race. And then finally, um, I know you've been waiting to hear that word, finally. Finally, last thing, why run? Why run? Uh, Look at verse 2 in our text. I know we finally got past verse 1. Aren't you proud? Verse 2 in our text. Looking unto Jesus. There it is. That's why. Looking unto Jesus. He's our example. It says, He is the author of... And the finisher of our faith. He's our captain. He's our leader. That word author means captain or leader. He's our, he's our, he's the one we look to. He's our example. Uh, uh, looking unto Jesus says, for who, uh, who for the joy, uh, is set before him, which was that joy is making a way for us to be in heaven with him and have that relationship with him. He endured the cross. He despised the shame and he's cheering us on, excuse me, from the right hand of the father on the throne right now. 
There's our why, because Jesus is watching us. Because, first of all, He's watching us. Second of all, He is our example. He's the one. He finished His course. He endured the cross. He endured the shame. He endured everything that He endured uh, to give us, not only to, first of all, so that we can have a way to have a relationship with Him and the Father, um, but also so that we would have an example. Jesus persevered, even though He didn't have to. He endured the shame, the pain, and the agony, and He finished His race for us. And all He's done for us, after all He's done for us, He certainly, certainly deserves for us to give our best to Him. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you're not in any position to run a full marathon for God this morning. Uh, and maybe, our, maybe your strength or your faith is not quite as strong as you need to be. If you tried to run, maybe some of you, if you tried to run the race full speed right now, it could do major damage to your spiritual health. And to you, I say start training. Start training. Start, uh, spend time in God's Word on a regular and consistent basis. Spend time with Him. Uh, <clears throat> maybe start slow. Um, spend, uh, but basically start tr- spending time with the Lord. What area of your Christian life needs help this morning? We all have that one area, don't we? We all have an area of our life that needs a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of strengthening. And um, is, it, is, it your, is it service? Is it Christian service? Uh, take a small step. Maybe come once a month. Instead of committing to come every week, maybe come once a month and help us pass out flyers for the church. Maybe maybe talk to one of us and say, you know what, maybe once a month I, I can help in Awanas. Or maybe maybe I can be a substitute helper. Not even a teacher, but maybe a substitute helper in Awanas. Or or, uh, or there's other opportunities. There's tons of uh, things around. We have we just started those pastoral care, the, the care teams. The deacons are in charge of the missions team and the, and the visitation team. You know, <clears throat> maybe you can't do everything, but you can... Um, you can send a birthday card to one of our church members when it's their birthday, or you can go visit somebody who's shut into their house and can't make it out of the church. Can make it, can't make it out and come to church and have the fellowship that we can enjoy. They can't do that. We can. Maybe you can take time and go uh, visit one of them. Maybe you can bake a cake for somebody and take it to them. Maybe you can do something to encourage somebody. Send an email to a missionary and tell them we love them, we're praying for them, that we still support them. We don't just put our money in the offering plate and send it across the world somewhere, but we literally we love them and care for them. Send them. Do something small. Start your service small and build up your strength. Build up your endurance uh, to serve the Lord. <clears throat> there are plenty of opportunities to serve, even in small capacities. So if, if you say, you know, I, I just don't have time. I don't have much time. I, I, I can't do anything right now. Start small, but do something. Do something for the Lord. Don't just be one of, and God bless you, if this is you, I don't have anybody in mind, but this, if, if, if this is you, please don't take offense. But if you come, once a week or once every other week and you sit here for two hours. God bless you. We're glad that you're here. I love you. But let's do something. Let's start somewhere and do something for the Lord. All right? <clears throat> what about, so, that, what, so if Christian service is, is your area where you struggle, do something small. Do something small to encourage you to build your, build your strength. Uh, what about giving? Is giving your weakness? Is the thought of giving a full tithe completely overwhelming? I understand that. I've been there. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Put something small in. Start some. Start small. Build your faith. And I promise you that the more that you see God provide for your needs, the more you will trust Him to provide in the future. That's truth. Here's the truth. Don't ever be embarrassed or ashamed that someone else is further along in their faith journey than you are. Even somebody that's younger than you. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> Don't ever be embarrassed or ashamed, ashamed that somebody is further in their race or they can run faster than you or farther than you. You know, when I'm in the track of the gym, um, 
Sometimes there are people that I pass. Most of the time, people pass me. I know you, you're, you're, you're surprised by that. Um, but, you know, when I started out getting back on the track after my knee problems, you know, I started out very, very slowly. You know, there's, there's, there's old ladies out there with walking with canes that are passing me on the track, okay? I mean, it, it's embarrassing, right? Uh, but I, could, I was doing all that I could. And now my knee is stronger. Now it could, be, it could blow out tomorrow, but now my knee is stronger, and I'm able to walk farther and walk faster and sometimes even jog a little bit. Um, but I had to build that up. And, and at, first times, at first it was embarrassing because people that, that were, you know, two-plus times my age were out there walking with canes faster than me. Or maybe, maybe there's the person that's 10 years younger than me that's out there on the treadmill, and they're running full speed for 30 minutes, and I can't jog for 30 seconds, you know? And, and, and it hurts, and it's embarrassing. But don't be ashamed that somebody else can go faster or farther than you. Just do what you can. Do what you can, and build that strength. And maybe, the, maybe one day you can do that as well. Here's another truth. Maybe you're about to outrun your own endurance. Uh, you know, there's days at the gym when I have to walk the whole time. And if I, but if I were to stop altogether, I'd lose any progress that I've ever made. Uh, that would be completely counterproductive. But there may be times uh, in the Christian life when we feel like we're just about to fall. We're about to just give up and just completely quit everything. And to you, I would say, if that's you this morning, I want to say to you, don't lose faith. If you have to slow down a little bit, if you have to uh, step back, but just I'm saying don't lose faith. Stay in the race. Don't drop out. If you have to, if you have to stop running and walk for maybe a lap, that's okay. But, but, but build that strength back up and get back to where God wants you to be. <clears throat> Keep taking that next step. Keep building your faith. Oh my goodness, I did not realize I was that late. I apologize. Keep building your faith. Stay in God's word. Stay in church. Stay in the fellowship of believers who can help you build the faith and endurance. We all have room to grow and improve spiritually. We all do. Let's make it our goal to always keep moving forward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.